Welcome to The Whole Marketer, where we look at the holistic skills, the technical skills, soft skills, leadership skills, and personal understanding that marketers of today need to grow the brands and businesses of tomorrow. We're here to ensure that marketers feel supported and empowered to have successful and fulfilling careers and lives as a whole. Hello, and welcome to The Whole Marketer podcast. Today's podcast is an episode on leadership, where we'll be discussing Gareth Helms' book, The Marketing Leader's Code, Unlock Your Potential, Learn the Secrets of Successful Marketing Leadership. His book provides frameworks and assessments to help you define the four styles, explorer, connector, disruptor, and operator, as well as the anchors that will allow you to define the key components of your role, along with the tactics to address each of these. And shortly, I'll welcome Gareth onto the podcast. But before I do, let me tell you why I believe it's so important that we continue to discuss the role of leadership for marketers today. I found that many marketing leaders arrive in leadership roles having only experience of those that have managed or led before us, often with mixed experiences, or often feeling that they have to lead in ways that don't feel authentic to them. I'm passionate about us taking the time to define your own leadership style that is authentic to you, but also allow you to inspirationally lead the brands and businesses of tomorrow, as well as look after the marketers in your care. Each of our whole marketer leadership episodes strive to do just that, either exploring a different leadership style that you might be inspired by or want to adopt, or by providing you with lessons and advice from other marketing leaders of today to inspire and motivate you. I believe that without us embracing the importance of the role of leadership, marketing will not be able to stand in its power and allow us to be the change makers that we truly can be to drive the long-term commercial growth agenda of our brands and businesses. Today's guest is Gareth Helm. Gareth has worked in marketing for over 30 years with businesses all around the world. Starting out as a graduate trainee with Unilever in the Middle East, he has gone on to be a marketing leader for business in many different sectors and different stages of growth. His startup experience includes Innocent Drinks, Spare Snacks and Tales.com, brands which have gone on to transform categories and be subsequently acquired by other companies. He has also been the marketing leader and digital platform businesses like Zoopla, Uswitch, Checker Trade and Money Supermarket. In 2015, his marketing campaign called The Epic Strut was the UK's favourite advert of the year. More recently, Gareth was Chief Marketing Officer for McDonald's restaurants in the UK and Ireland and Global Chief Marketing Officer for HomeServe across their family of brands and geographies, including the US, France, Spain, Germany, Japan and UK. Gareth is now a non-exec director for Purple Bricks and Higgity Food. He also coaches and develops existing and future marketing leaders through his consultancy, Sideminds. Gareth was recognised as one of the top 100 Most Effective Marketers in 2021 by Marketing Week, is a fellow of the Marketing Academy, also trained in executive coaching by Astrid Holt International Business School. Gareth, welcome to the Whole Marketer podcast. Oh, great to be here. Thank you. So as always, we start with a big juicy question. And today's big juicy question is, what is marketing leadership to you? Great question. So I'm going to answer this in two ways. First of all, I'm going to say it's a blend of skills which help a business hit its short and long-term goals through the customer. So whether that be acquisition or retention. But I'm also going to answer this in a slightly different way because I have this analogy. I love fishing boats. I love fishing boats. So I'm going to talk about fishing boats because I think marketing and leadership is about finding, moving, and managing. And it's finding the rich fishing grounds. It's then moving the people on the boat to those fishing grounds. And then it's managing the haul of the fish. 
So how are you going to manage with the wind conditions, the rain, the tide, the competitive boats all around you? So two answers there, fine move manage, but also a blend of skills to kind of deliver the long-term and short-term goals of a business. So marketing leadership is like being a fisherman, that long-term and those short-term goals. So your recent book, Marketing Leaders Code, Unlock Your Potential and Learn the Secrets of Successful Marketing Leadership. And it's a great book for our listeners. I've read it myself. Poolside, may I add, this weekend. I'd love to know, what drove you to write this book? So I have had a good career. I've been sort of blessed. I've worked for some wonderful companies. And I had just left Zoopla. We'd sold the business and I had a new job as the chief marketing officer for McDonald's, which is kind of like a mega awesome job. And I had this job. I got to the end of my first year, hit the results, got my bonus. And I thought, yes, I am loving this. Um, (laughs) And I thought, this is great. This is fantastic. And then three months later, I lost my job. And it's like, you know, how has this happened? And it was one of those moments that I thought, hang on, I, I, I just need to kind of understand what happened here. Now, it was at the tail end of COVID and it was a very difficult time, but the business went through a bit of a change and went through a bit of a pivot organizationally. But I was about to start a new job. So I'd left McDonald's and I managed to find a new job. But in that window in between, I was thinking, I need to process this. I need to understand why that happened. Why after 15 months did I lose my job? And I had been a successful CMO elsewhere. And I thought, something happened here. And that was a trigger. And it triggered me to talk to lots of other CMOs, read around the subject. And I kind of dawned on me and actually a lot of my CMO peers said to me, so Gareth, come on, this has happened. Hasn't this never happened to you before? And it made me realize that actually it's pretty precarious being a marketing leader. And there are certain things you have to get right. And as I was embarking upon my next job, this time as a global role, global CMO, I thought, you know what, I want to, for my own benefit, figure out exactly what is the kind of the code in the sense what is it you need to do to be successful and i interviewed loads of my peers and i just got really into it and suddenly this book appeared now i'm also not a writer i'm actually dyslexic so it's kind of like nuts why did i write a book i didn't intend to write a book it kind of fell out of me because of a situation i went through and because of conversations i was having with people and i thought you know what this needs to be aggregated together and put into something and that's kind of how the book happened because it fell out of an issue i was having but it seemed like this would be useful for people because i think a lot of people go through transitions and changes and i think this would really help people be more effective in those big jobs so in summary you had found yourself being made redundant it had triggered something in you and there was this need that you had identified about facing into the reality of actually what a CMO role entails, not only to allow you to process that short time that you were there and the change that had happened, but also to help benefit others. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that you said earlier as well was, has this not happened to you before? It was almost as if that peer that had said that to you, that this is expected, you know, there's not that such longevity when you're in these CMO roles. Weren't you expecting to only be there 15 months? And quite clearly you weren't. Quite clearly it triggered something in you as that fisherman to go, what happened here and how can I help others? Yeah, absolutely. I think what I found was that when I read around the subject, you start finding things like the average tenure of a marketing leader is about two and a half years or just over two years. You find out things like the trust. The trust of a marketing leader is the lowest in the C-suite. You find out things like the marketing leader's job has changed by well over 50% in 10 years. And like no other C-suite job has had the same change. So all this stuff is going on. And that's what I thought, like, hang on. 
how can this all be happening and what can we do about it? We can't just have people churning every two years. That's just, it's, it's not good for anyone. No. And let's do something about it. So hence, I wrote a book to try and help people be more effective and not churn and actually build trust and be more effective with the C-suite, with your CEO. And certainly my next job, as I went into my next job, I was back in the game. I was an effective CMO again. And it helped me resolve what I saw as the challenges of my last job. Well, as I say, it's never in the learning, it's in the reflection. And that additional research and reaching out that you've done amongst your peers and the reading around the subject. And I find that fascinating, but also not surprised. The average tenure, two and a half years, and the trust in the C-suite and that evolution that we've been on the 10 years. I mean, for me, that's all very reflective of the changes of the role of marketing and what it can and should play within an organization to lead that long-term commercial agenda and the process that an organization and a board needs to go on in order to see that benefit, acknowledge that benefit, harness that benefit. And that is a really challenging job for someone working in an organization that hasn't seen that yet because you're having to gain the alignment with the business, but also allow them to see the benefit and change potentially the orientation whilst delivering to your point, like the fisherman, the short term and writing the long term strategy and motivating your team. That's just so many stakeholders and so much reappraisal of the role of marketing that needs to happen both in the C-suite and within the team to make that change happen. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think a lot of people, as they reach the marketing leader position, so let's say marketing director or a chief marketing officer, things change. You've got to go from being a bloody good marketeer to being a bloody good influencer and leader. And I think that pivot and understanding the skills you need to win the support of the C-suite, win the support of the CEO, that becomes the mothership skills. Yes, you've got your marketing skills, but you've got to then move into different skills and get those skills working strongly for you to be truly effective. Because as I said, you've got to have your CEO on board, you've got to have your C-suite on board. Marketeers are at the heart of a business, but they're only effective when they bring on all these other teams with you. So when I go back to my fishing analogy, when I talk about find, move and manage, there's one thing to find the fishing ground, but you've got to move the business towards that fishing ground and then effectively manage the gathering of the fish. That is all about your influence skills within the whole business overall. I couldn't agree more. And as you're talking about influence, for me, it comes back to personal understanding. I say you can only help others to the extent in which you know yourself. So if you don't know what motivates and drives you, it's going to be very difficult for you to get into the shoes of somebody else and think about what might motivate and drive them in order to come with you on the journey and to be open and emotionally connected to be motivated to come with you on the journey. And I think that personal understanding, because it's more than just what we're like to be around, it's about what drives us deep in our core, becomes so important as you rise through the ranks. Yeah, I agree. And it's interesting. One of my first sections in the book is talks about the relationship with your CEO and also about the homeostasis or culture of the business. Because if you don't understand the culture, the values, the homeostasis, and you don't fit, you don't fit. You've got to make sure your values connect with the business values and also make sure that you are aligned with what the CEO is trying to achieve. So the CEO could be on a big change agenda. All the CEO could be saying, you know what, I'm just about consistency and make, keep things going. I had in my past two very different businesses like that. I'd say change was like Zoopla. When I was working for Alex Chesterman, we acquired 10 businesses in about three years. It was change, 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 change. And I had to feel comfortable with that in terms of my modus operandi. Would I fit? 
on the other side, I worked in Mars, and Mars is very much about consistency and actually kind of keep working within these guidelines, but be better than the market average overall. Two very, very different areas, and you've got to find out where you fit best and, and actually be true to your own values. Couldn't agree more. Gareth and I were talking before we joined today's podcast about the importance of really defining your ideal role. And having that understanding about your values and your purpose and the importance around what your strengths are and the type of organization that you want to work within, which industries are you passionate about? A lot of thinking really needs to go. A lot of self-discovery really needs to happen in order for you to make sure that you do fit and align with an organization, but can also bring your strengths and that you are comfortable with the journey, as you just say, that they're about to go on and that you want to be part of. We were talking offline about so many people that are looking for a market marketing director job or a CMO job, but really taking that time is, in our opinion, key to define what is the challenge? What is going on with this organization? How does this align with your values, your purpose, your strengths, the journey, the type of organization? You know, the two that you just gave there, Gareth, as an example, one very established, one very much a challenger brand growing at pace. Does that suit the style in which you want to work, both professionally, but also for your life as a whole? And it's really important to make sure that you do the work on yourself to be able to have the understanding and choose organizations and roles based on that. I'm agreeing. I think the thing is that marketeers go into jobs and they haven't done their homework up front. I mean, this partly comes back a little bit to the book, because in some ways, I think it's so important to have transparency and clarity about roles. I think sometimes when you actually get a brief or you're looking at a role, there's so many buzzwords in it. And it all sounds super exciting, but you've got to get below the veneer and actually kind of what really is this about? What really is the CEO about? How is the C-suite operating? It's so important to get that right and make sure that connects with you properly. And that's, I guess, in a sense, why I wrote the book, because it's just trying to be very clear about a number of different areas to focus on and make sure you truly understand what the role is and that you fit naturally with that. There's nothing worse than having a role and you don't fit because you're just uncomfortable and it just doesn't work. You've just got to get the connection right. And I think that is a joint response for CEOs or C-suite and marketeers. And having conversations and being more transparent and being clearer kind of gets the best out of both sides. And going back to the point about trust, I think sometimes people don't properly understand what marketeers do. And again, marketers just need to be clear and, and kind of be honest about what they do and what they can't do and having those conversations so everyone's on the same hymn sheet and everyone's progressing forward together. I couldn't agree more. That understanding is one of the things that you focus on within your book. And you talk about the marketing leader's code. So four styles, explorer, connector, disruptor and operator. Can you explain these profiles to our listeners, please? The code in the Marketing Leaders Code stands for four different genres. One is connector, one is operator, one is disruptor, and the last one is explorer. Now, connector is all about relationships. It's the relationship you have with the CEO. It's the relationship you have with the leadership team. How do you unify with them? It's also how do you work with the marketing team? You tend to be more supportive. And it's how do you connect in the wider business? These tend to be people who work really well in kind of matrix organizations where connection is really important. You then have operators are really into detail. They're quite data-centric. They're very into analysis. They're very technical people. And they're very important in terms of overall short-term sales and getting results week in, week out. Then you have disruptors. Disruptors are more entrepreneurial. They think outside the box. 
they're quite challenging and they're quite assertive and they look for change the whole time. These people you tend to find actually in startups. Then finally, you have explorers. Now, explorers are thinking long-term. So these are the opposite to operators. They're thinking long-term. They're very much about connection, brand building. They're very creative. They're looking for those inspirational leaps. They're kind of brand-centric people. So that's it. The four, C-O-D-E, for connect code. If you know your code... Find a job which fits your code. Don't try and apply your code to a job where you don't fit because you'll be unhappy and you won't be delivering results. Great advice. And you mentioned those anchors. So give us the overview of that acronym as well. So anchor is ambition, network, capability, headspace, output, and results. Slightly goes back to my fishing analogy. But when I actually was deciphering the drivers of success in the role, it was like chaos. I was looking at loads of different areas and it was just complete confusion. But when I started talking to my peers, you could start seeing that there were some key areas of focus. Ambition was very much about the CEO. Network was very much about the C-suite. Capability was about your marketing team. Headspace is the way you think and the way you execute. Output was in terms of upper funnel or lower funnel. And results was short-term, long-term. Now, I say these are six areas, say, ambition, network, capability, headspace, and output results. All sounds straightforward. But where it gets really complicated is that marketers need to be good at the extremes of each area. So going back to ambition, if I think about CEOs, you have some CEOs who are really on a change agenda. You know, they want to blow things up and change things. And they're looking for M&A and innovation and changing the modus operandi. Other ones are very much about consistency. So you've got these real opposites going on there. If I go into network, which is about the C-suite, you've got some C-suite situations where you need to be massively challenging. You need to push the boat out and actually challenge your peers. Whilst in other situations, it's very much about unity and the way you collaborate with your peers to get jobs done. Capability, one extreme is assertive. The other extreme is supportive. Go into space. One extreme is creative. The other extreme is analytical. Output. One extreme is connection, the other extreme is conversion. And finally, results, long-term and short-term. So whilst there are six anchor factors, there is this duality. And I think Ritson used to talk about it as being bothism. But marketeers need to be able to kind of master both sides of it and find which side they need to lean on to be most effective in their business. That's a great summary. You know, we do need to have understanding of both. But as you say, how ready is your organization and how ready do you need to make your organization to really think about those long-term and short-term results? So what I loved about your book, as well as giving the profiles and genres, and as we said, how important that is to allow you to understand which you are so you can find an organization that matches your style, coupled with the anchors and the degrees in which they flex on that spectrum, as Gareth just outlined, is that you outline the skills and behaviours required for each of those, very similar to my own book and what good looks like. I'd love to hear more about how you arrive at those and the insights that you gathered in order to arrive at those. Yeah, so this is where I just needed to lean upon my peers because I had my own perspective about how you would be effective in terms of, for example, network or how you'd be effective in terms of your CEO relationships. I started off my own list and then I had endless discussions with my peers and they just built upon it actually. And I ended up with able to kind of come up with suggestions in each area. So I kind of ended up with a richness about around what is change and and what are the skills you need within change? And eventually we drilled it down. Now, I also kind of went through a number of MVPs here because in the book, there is an assessment and you can 
answer 60 questions, actually it's online and it's in the book. You can answer 60 questions and this helps give you your overall marketing code and your anchor factors, etc. But those 60 questions have changed so many times because, again, going back to my peers, they might say, Gareth, that's, that doesn't make sense or isn't clear. And we honed and honed and honed until we felt like these questions are representative of all these different areas. And actually, if you answer these questions honestly, you can get a good sense of what your skill set is. And one of the nice things is that you can actually not just answer the questions yourselves, you can get your boss to do it, your CEO to do it, your C-suite to do it. So you can get an understanding of what they think about these different areas. If both sides are honest, you can start seeing where you align and where there are gaps. But going back to your point, the key thing for me was getting the inputs from other people. I had my own experience. That's like one person's view. And it's such a richness of talking to other people and hearing their views and hearing what worked and what didn't work. And that's, you know, as I said, help bring it down to the content in the book. And it is so powerful to use that network around you to extend your own thinking and to get fresh perspectives and insight. Now, that gap analysis that you just talked about from somebody assessing themselves to also having that conversation with their CEO or CMO to really understand where they believe their strengths and gaps are is so important. And one thing I really loved in your book is that you focus on the importance of capability within the team almost being the first thing that you need to look at. So getting your team where they need to be and their capability and competencies as a team and the importance for them on having clarity for their role and being able to assess and develop talent. I think it's worrying if marketing leaders aren't able to assess their team. It's kind of one of the most important things to do because if you haven't got a team who are with you and you've got the right capability, I think you, you just struggle to get things done. So I think a lot of people don't make decisions quick enough is what I'd say. I think a lot mm. of people come into companies and they run with things and are indecisive about change and are worried about change. But I think it's so important that marketing leaders do make change because there will be some absolute stars in your team who are, well, from day one, you're being observed. And I think if you don't make change, there are people who'll be looking at you going, why hasn't he done that? And just losing faith with you. And I think really important to assess, understand and drive your agenda. And part of that is looking at the team, working at the winners, working at the people who aren't right, getting the team set up correctly for the strategy, being an authentic leader, having purpose. There's so much in there, but it's just critically important. And in the book, I do pinpoint this capability, the level of assertive and supportive. You've just got to get into it. It's the marketing executional part. It's what your team do. You've got to win your team's hearts and minds and get them motivated and get that organization structured correctly and don't leave it too late. I think you've got to get on so quickly. I couldn't agree more. And for me, it starts with the team. You know, as you said earlier, trying to get the alignment of the C-suite and the CEO on the role that marketing could and should play within the organization. You need to have the team that actually is able to deliver against those skill sets to be able to be appraised and seen in that way. And that needs facing into. It really does need facing into. So thank you so much so far for your time on the podcast. You mentioned briefly the stage of career that you were in when you wrote the book, but I'd love to hear about your career highs and lows. Okay, careers, highs and lows. So I suppose, interestingly, my high and low were very close together because my high was when I actually left Supla because we had just sold the business to Silver Lake. And I think for anybody who's on a journey whereby you end up building something which somebody values so much they buy it is just like fantastic. So that was an acquisition. But also 
the same year, I had been involved in a business called Tails.com, which is a subscription pet food business. And I've been a non-exec for them. In fact, I started by just literally helping out a couple of friends around a kitchen table. And they were looking at this pet food business and I just thought, you know, this is great. If I can help you, I'd love to help you. I ended up becoming a non-exec and I worked for them for about five years and they then sold the business to Nestle. So back in, I think it was 2019, 18, I was involved in two sales. And I think that is just amazing that you create something which has a value and people, you know, believe in you enough to say, we want to buy this business. So that was my super, super high. And I suppose in some ways, one of my super, super lows was then what happened afterwards, because to go from that high point thinking, God, you know, this is amazing. I'm so proud of what we've achieved. And then to end up bouncing out of McDonald's 15 months later was one of my super lows, because I could scratch in my head thinking, how has this happened? In a sense, that's why it got me to process it because I felt like I was doing a good job. And as I said, I was loving it. And then, you know, things happen. And as I look back, it was COVID as well. I mean, that was damn tough being in COVID. And actually, one of the most important things I think about being a marketing leader is creating relationships, creating relationships with the CEO and the C-suite. And for me, I found it very hard to create relationships on video conference. And I think companies like McDonald's, they, it really is important to have time together. And I just didn't have enough time together as I look back. We just didn't form the relationships. And I think in torrid times like COVID, you fall back on relationships. And I think it's such an important thing to build and nurture and develop. And I look back and think, you know what, I hadn't put enough money in there. I hadn't put enough money in that piggy bank. I should have been doing more on that. And now COVID got in the way. But that was a down point for me because I mean, COVID was hard, but made harder by then me effectively losing my job. Well, as they say, never mistake, only a learning. And all of those learnings that you have put into the book. So thank you on behalf of the wider marketing community. We always finish with the following question. What one piece of advice would you give to marketers of tomorrow? It's a very good question you ask. What I would say is, is think about relationships. As you go through your career, there is almost like a cohort of people you are collecting along the way. You're going to touch many, many people along the way. And I would say that keep those relationships going for the long term. The reason I say that is that now I am so 30 years on in my career. There are people who I have now been in touch with for 30 years, and I truly value that. I truly, truly value those people I've been in contact with for 30 years. But at the same time, there are people who I met 10 years ago, and they have subsequently introduced me to new jobs. Some of my NED work has come through those connections. But I think, you know, it is all about relationships. And I think if you can create strong relationships with your peers at work, they're important in the good times and the bad times. And in the long run, you know, it's surprising how many of those connections come around again. It's amazed me how people, as I said, I saw 20 years ago, I'm now in connection with today. But nurturing those relationships, spending time with them. And in some ways, people go, I must do this training course, I must do that training course. You know what? I think spend time on people, spend time getting to know people, influencing people, looking at the people in the C-suite you admire, try and get to know them. So all about relationships for me, nurture them and, and build strong relationships where you can. That's a great piece of advice. And thank you again so much for your time on today's podcast. Well, thank you. I've loved it. Thank you for tuning into the Whole Marketer podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do like, follow and share. The Whole Marketer is here to support and empower you and your teams with the latest technical skills, soft and leadership skills and behaviours and personal understanding for a successful, fulfilling marketing career and life as a whole. For support, resources and more information on how we can help you 
become a Hallmarketer and build Hallmarketing teams, go to www.thehallmarketer.com. 